you. What's going on, guys? Uh, here with Joe Edwards from Elite Concepts. You guys might know him. I'm not sure. But anyway, we're here. Um, got him on a podcast today. Going to talk to him a little bit and uh, basically just get his outlook on uh, his current situation. What time is it, anyway? I don't know. You, you have a phone now? 10 o'clock. Okay. It's glad I asked my own question. <laughs> it's 10 o'clock. <laughs> there you go, And what bro. town is this, Joe? This is in New Milford, New Jersey. New about Milford, how far New out Jersey. from the city? It's uh, about five, six miles out from the city. And uh, how long you been in this area? Uh, we've been here now almost nine years. Wow. Yeah. So. That's sweet. Um. So what what is it that you do for this? Uh, like, are you strictly in this location? Um, as far as like, how far is your operation like run? Um, we basically go as wherever the work takes us. I mean, this is sort of home base for where we kind of stage and and go. But depending on the project, some projects we stage at the job site. Okay. So you know, we'll drop a trailer or we'll leave vehicles there. And guys will go straight from there home. Okay. And then this is more a home base for clients, presentations, things of that nature. Okay. Yeah. So, like, what's the farthest you've ever traveled for, like, a job? Ooh. Well, Paradise Project right now is uh, from here is about three hours, three and a half hours All one right. way. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a, you know, feel for the, oh, the distance like, wise. Oh yeah. We, Cause you're saying, you, I'm just letting them know that, yo, this guy drives three hours. Oh yeah. No, we, we get it done. You know, That's listen, why I was asking, man. Listen, all. you can't survive in this industry being a prima donna. <laughs> wow. You go where it works at, man. <laughs> you go where it works at. That's, that's, that's kind of the situation. You so, know. so you started hustling, you started your own business. This isn't generational. No, 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 not at all, man. This you, is, you hustled it. This is from the ground up. This is grinding. You grit. jumped it, dude. You jumped. No, I ain't jumping nothing. Jump what? He this is jump, what this jump, guy he, does. He, he, he jumped in there. He jumped in there no, with it. No, I'm jumping in there. He was jumping in there with it. Let's do it. Yo, get down. I want to hear it. Yeah, I want to hear yeah. it. I mean, yeah, no, this is not generational. This is from the ground up. This is... You know, me being a young kid, um, you know, I studied architecture. That was my kind of my passion, you know, education, different levels. And then I kind of was fortunate enough and took the gamble to leave architecture and took a job. Um, that particular company was in New York, and it was kind of the same model, just not so much heavy on the construction side. We had in-house crews, but more on the finish aspects of the uh industry and and i just so happened that particular company i broke in at a young kid doing high-end work so i stayed there for seven years and we were supposed to do a little deal together and you know kind of bridge the young kid concept me hungry grinder and it just didn't work out so i had picked up and came north i i, I respected him enough not to park next door poach any business from him because it could have been easy i could have were you like a pm or something over there um no i was actually everything designer pm so you were like running the business for the guy then yeah yeah you had to run it was like it was a interesting model because his model was like sink or swim like either you had to have all everything all the chops you had to be able to 
put together bids and and, and the whole nine. So he basically handed you a not even closed contract, so to speak. He just handed you and said, make it happen? To a degree. You had to get yourself to that point. But first, first you worked sort of underneath him, and he just threw everything in the kitchen sink at you. What, what age is this that you're doing? This, this was 19 turning 20. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to back up. You go to high school, finish high school, do college. What did you do? Yeah, I've, I went to high school for drafting. I was also one of uh, 20 kids to get accepted to go to school uh, at Cooper Union for sa- on Saturdays and Sundays. So I went for architectural program uh, in Cooper Union in New York City uh, on Saturdays and Sundays. What's Cooper Union? It's an architectural school. So you went to school all week and then went Saturday, like Sunday. Like high school? Sunday. Yes. Or, or college. <laughs> this is high school. So it's it's an architectural high school? No, Cooper Union is an architectural college. Okay, that's yeah. what I was trying yeah, to find. Because I'm, college. I'm, I'm and it's an, here. It's an acceptance-only college. Okay. There's no tuition. So you can only get in there on like grants and stuff through the Not even school. grants. Only the school has a huge endowment. It's a very oh, that, prestigious school. Okay. So like, you know, no matter what background you come from, you got to have chops. So they had this uh, basically program where they had a competition. You kind of put in your portfolio and, you know, a body of work. And and it's like a, there's a written exam. It was crazy. So how long did you do that for? I did that for juniors, um, for sophomore, junior, and senior year. I did it for. So then you get out and you automatically went to the... Then I go, then I go, that was an interesting story because usually the transition is when you go to this program, you go to Cooper Union because you get the acceptance test. What happened was I, I lived in the five boroughs, but I lived in Staten Island. So they give you basically two months to take the exam. When I received the exam, I only had... Five. I only had five weeks because it came to my residence late because I lived in Staten Island. So I actually did the exam. I passed the exam, but I didn't get accepted because they give you 10 questions and you got to get five of them right. I was only able to do five and I got all five. But because I didn't do eight of the 10, I didn't get accepted. And you only could take it once. That's it. Once you don't get accepted, that was it. So then I chose to go to another architectural school, and and I did that. And then after that, that's when the- I was going. I was going to architectural school. I was in my third year when I got that that job. Okay, and I was like, school, money, money, <laughs> school, <laughs> money. Yeah. And I knew very early on, like I wasn't the suit guy. I wasn't paper pusher. I wasn't the guy who's going to sit in the office no. and. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm the, I, I, I had a, at a young age, I had a very entrepreneurial spirit. You know I mean? 10, 11, 12 years old, I was leaving my house, packing bags at the grocery store for tips. You know what I mean? Seriously. Sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I was selling candy in school. Operation. I was making five, six hundred a week. Nice. Because in my neighborhood, I could buy candy for a penny, five cents. The school, the middle school I went to, that was in a really good neighborhood. That neighborhood, I was able to sell it for 25, 35 cents to 50 cents each. So I had like a serious operation. I had people renting their lockers to me. (laughs) Like, this is is the hustle spirit. This is the spirit. Yeah, renting lockers. From the ground up, brother. From the ground Uh, up. So you you have five kids. Um, do you see any of that in some of your kids? It's because not a, 
We all have kids. He's got one. Like he's got one. You can see it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Like right now, I have. I could say because you know my kids vary in age, but of the ones that are sort of ups of age where you could sort of start to see, I have two. I have one for sure. Oh, I know that one. I have one. I have (laughs) one for sure. (laughs) And then I have another one that looks like she's like literally right behind us. Really? So, do you believe that that's because of the way that you parent them, or you believe it's just them? I think it's a a little of both. I think it's them. It's in them, Mm -hmm. and then I think they also it's the way I interact with them, like the way me and my wife do it. Like we don't hide anything from them. Everything's on Front Street. So they'll, they'll say, like, if you ever came to my house, they'll be like, oh, dad, you going to see a client? Oh, you finished with the client? Can I, can I come with you to the client? Like, they're already speaking. My, my, my three-year-old, whose birthday was just that, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll say that to me. Hey, dad, where you coming from, a client? Oh, you going to work? Like, you know, because they just understand. It's like, listen, the beauty of this industry and having, you know, a business is you have that flexibility where I don't, I don't have to give up those moments with them but they know like hey dad just put me to bed oh you going to see a client yeah daddy's gonna go out for a little while go see, see a client they see the work ethic yeah, they see yeah. you going out doing it they understand all the time. it yeah. all the time it's not a matter of oh well you know what there's a complaint that he's not managing his time from one side or even if I'm at times I got an office in my house so I'll do a lot of paperwork and stuff in the house and they know like oh you know when if they need to say something to me hey dad are you on a call like, you know, I'm like, no, I'm not on a call. Then they come in and play around a little bit. You know, I get sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I'm like, all right, go. I got to get back to this bit. You know? <laughs> I got to get to work. Come on. So, what are you doing? So would you say that, that you got a hustle, the hustle from your parents? Or was that something that was just you? It's funny because I would say, I would say I got my hustle in various different ways. I mean, I grew up in the inner city in New York. So obviously we didn't grow up with much means, you know what I mean? But the one thing my parents gave us was like love. Like we had a tremendous amount of love in my household. Our household was very much intact. And then I have a, a, a big plethora of friends. So I had friends that come from very wealthy environments and things of that nature. So I was exposed to that too. And it was just weird because I was able to experience like what they were yearning for I had. Like that connection to my father that that love, like they were to get embraced in the environment of just me being with my in my family situation. Meanwhile, right. we didn't have the means that they had. Right. And in their environment, their their parent was absent, but they get anything. Like mm-hmm. you go crash the BMW, here's another one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, you on drugs? Oh, well, we'll send you to this rehab. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what it taught me was like, you know what? The grass isn't always greener on the other side. And I definitely prioritized life that way. I don't look at any situation and say, oh, I got to envy this person. I more or less look at everything from a strategic perspective. Like, what is it? What is really going on? Like, okay, if this person looks from a distance, like they're doing whatever, whatever it may be, I'm like, how is the question? Because the how displays the reality. If you don't ask the how, then all you're doing is glorifying something you don't really understand. But if you look for the how, the how's going to tell you the answer. Well, that person's really working hard. That person got it handed to them. That mm-hmm. person is really a fraudster. Like, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, people find themselves idolizing things that they don't understand. And they're not really paying attention to try to understand it. They're just saying, okay, let me get lost in the feeling 
of wow, that's so great over there. Like that's that's wonderful. Like you know. Meanwhile, it's a house of cards. Yeah, just one blow right. down. <laughs> you know. So your situation might be better off, even though their situation they might have some ideal things that you may see would be a good thing yeah. for you. But is it? Because I look at it as like the way I came up is why I hustle the way I hustle. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't have that. That background, I don't know if I would be the same person. Because right now, like, my determination is basically built off of, tell me I can't do it. Tell me I can't. (laughs) I'm going to show you. (laughs) And then when I do it, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just going to exist. And then every time you see me, I exist. So, like, you know, I don't need to get boisterous and, you know, get in anybody's face because it's not easy. Like that's another the other factor of it. Like when you're doing it, you don't you can't be boisterous because you you deal with the pain, you deal with mm-hmm. the struggle, yeah. the ups and downs, the grit, the grit, mm-hmm. the nastiness, the times you just want to be like, yo, I'm done, I don't want to do this no more. And then you know something good happens, and then you like, you know what? It takes you to the next level. You know what I'm saying? Well, and then, and then that's why half the time when I'm going on a rant of like, yo, you're not built for this. It's because most people are in this for the short term. And there's nothing about this industry that's short term. Nothing at all. No. Zero. Because you can't go to college for it. For what you're going to face in this industry. Yeah, no. You can't go to college for it. No. You're going to gain things in college that are going to help you navigate in the industry. But the grit, the understanding of the industry. You got to put in that time. You got to put the time in. Mm -hmm. You're going to get scars. Okay. You're going to literally pay your dues. <laughs> like, literally, oh, you're going to yeah. pay your dues. And for those who don't, usually they're going to ride somebody's coattails, which is cool. But at some point, that coattail is going to end, and you got to keep it going. You know? So, when you started out, you were no kids? No, no kids, married. yeah. Just, no, I wasn't married. Me and my wife together for... Before we got engaged, we were together for six years, and then then we got married, and then pretty much we married a few years, and then we had kids. So, do you remember your first job that you got you sold? Did you sell your first job? Oh yeah, yeah. You remember yeah. that still? Yeah, I, I listen. It's funny. Here's the funny thing: is I remember. You know what happened here, guys? You started telling how you got into this, and then somewhere we got lost between you got done doing the architect bit. And then you started working with the guy who made you do everything, and then rabbit trail. <laughs> right. So why don't we pick up from there, and then they keep it going? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, what happened was I actually worked at Home Depot prior to working for him. Okay. I went and interviewed for him, right? Mm-hmm. And when I came in, he wanted to hire me, but he was like, "You know what? You need to get." Because I didn't, I never was in the industry before that. He was like. You know, my educational background, my artistic background was a good fit. But he was like, well, I need you, you know. Because I told him, I said, listen, I'm interviewing other places. I told him. I was a young kid. I was young and dumb. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm interviewing. Yeah, I got other opportunities yeah. here, dude. I, I, yeah, exactly. I'm interviewing other places. Because, you know, I got I to gotta hustle it up. This is the way it is. So I'm like, listen, I'm, here's other opportunities I have. And this is where I'm sort of exploring my options. And I'm going to make a decision type deal. So he's like, oh, that's what you're going to do? Go there and go, you know, do what you're doing. So then that's what I did. Yeah. I went to Home Depot. And that was the first store they opened up in New York. You know, long story short, I was placed in the kitchen department 
in Home Depot. So I was probably there for, I stayed there a little under a year before he came and got me. He literally walked in the store and he was like, oh, you're the guy taking my business. Because at that point, I was a young kid, dumb, wet behind the ears, but I was selling two and a half million dollars at a Home Depot by myself. By myself. <laughs> Didn't know anything from the day I started to the day then. He was like, oh, this is the kid. So he's like, oh, you're the, you, oh, th- that's the Joe who's taking the jobs for me. Are right, you going to come work for me? I'm like, no, nah, I'm not coming to work for you. I'm good. Like, <laughs> you know, now, I'm, uh, now I understand the industry a little bit which I really didn't, but I knew it from the Home Depot perspective. I'm like, no, I don't need you. He's like, no, you're going to come. So like literally he came in the store probably for like a month straight. Same. He came in to recruit you every day. Came in. And this guy. And this is the dude that you were supposed to be working for. He said, told told you to go work for Home Depot. So he said, like literally he came like probably five weeks in a row, like looking for me. Looking for me. Like he would like plant, he plant things in my ear. Because he knew he couldn't move me based on money because I was never that type of person. Like I'm mm-hmm. more or less, okay, is it a good fit? The money's going to come. Man. Is it a good fit? Am I going to get the right experience? Like, what do I got to gain? Like, right now, I'm here. I'm doing huge numbers. And they're giving me, they'll give me whatever I well, want. Yeah, well, and at that point, I'm young. Off, I'm good. Yeah, at that point, yeah. I'm young. I don't really understand the, the monetary no. end of it, you know? So I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm having fun. This is great. And then, you know, finally he was just like, listen, you got to come. And here's why. He said, so he asked me to come to his place and kind of just like shadow him. So I said, oh, you know what? On one of my days off, that's what I'm going to do. So I went. I shadowed him. Like, yeah, this is kind of cool. But me being a skeptical person. What was the shadow? Like him running around job site to job site? Or uh, what was just he this doing? process. Just this process. Like, you know, how he... How he creates, and I went out on a measure. So like a start to, f- like you had multiple facets, like on different. This whatever his around. day was going oh, on that okay. day, like okay. I, I just kind of latched with him, and I was in, I sat in an appointment, oh, like cool, you know what I mean. Cool. So it was like it was interesting because I was like, wow, it's like okay. So then me being who I am, I said, I'm gonna do some some side work for you, and I and that's what I start. That's how I started. I said I'll do stuff on the side, and I'm still gonna keep this. Because in my mind, I'm going like, oh, this is a smaller company. This right here, health insurance. Right, right, right. I got like, they're, they're huge. Like, you know what right, I mean? Like, because right. I was young. I didn't know. I work on the weekends, yeah, nights. Right, whatever it is. Like, yeah, security. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, for me, from you. where I came, I was like, that's security. Right. This is foreign. This is the side hustle. Yeah, this is foreign right here. So I, I was doing that, doing drawings and stuff for him. And then he, he was just going hard. Then finally, he won. Because I was like, you know what? This is interesting. Because the stuff that I was, I was getting exposed to, the scale was just completely different than what I was doing. I was just like, yo, is this, is this everything? Is all the jobs like this? Like, because he was third generation. So like their name was already known in the right, area. Right. So he was yeah. getting in phone and, and we were doing high end. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is in the 90s. Like this is in the 90s. We were doing five, 6,000 square foot houses. In the 90s. Yeah. And those customers then, when I went full-time with him, those customers transitioned to 15,000. So I learned my chops on 25,000 square foot houses, 20,000 square foot houses, like monster, ridiculous houses. 
So that's all I knew outside of Home Depot. So I went from Home Depot, right, right. being young, dumb, and creative, pushing the boundary. I was selling stuff <laughs> that I'm like, people really spend this kind of money? <laughs> yeah, then you like, really right. look at a kid. And then I went to his place, and I'm like, wow. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like next, next level. And then I was just comfortable. Like, and then that's why now sort of, you know, kind of fast forward and the business model I have now, like there's really nothing that could get thrown at me that will throw me off where I'm like, oh, well, you know. Well, you earned your stripes. What, did you see today. any of that coming? Like, were you already prepping yourself? You're like, I'm going to learn this and then I'm going to do my own thing? Or was it just something completely random and you're like, I'm just going to go off and do my own thing? Well, it was a combination because I'm, I'm always thinking. Like, you know, I was always thinking. So like the business model that we had, that he had, and I worked underneath. We basically did the product supply. We did the, the design creative. And we did the install section of all the finished goods. Okay. So we were more or less basically like JCH, like nasty yeah. JCH dudes, a whole bunch of them. You know what I mean? And then we would do little portions of sheetrock and stuff, but light, light, light. It was mostly I, just— I don't know if you had a bunch of JCHs. No, there was, a, there was, there was like four. Like, dude, it's just really? nasty, bro. Nice. Like, like, nasty, nasty. So, like, that was sort of the model. And I would always say, because we were redesigning <laughs> houses, like, literally, I would take architectural plans. We were known for that. Because he was the same way. So, like, that's how we kind of hit it off from a creative standpoint where, like, he had great vision. And I sort of, I guess I was blessed with the same thing. Like, I can look at a set of plans and just be like, oh, no, no, no. And we would dissect huge houses like lightning speed. Like one pass, two pass, like you like guys just, would go right one after the other to make we it just like, like fine. Just, all right, hon, take this, take this print and it's, you know, monster house, twelve thousand. This is back then. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Which in equivalent to today would be forget it. Like they didn't even build the houses that big. But we would be able to say, okay, no, the arc because back then the architect was all about the exterior. The interior never was connecting no. to what, like, he's like, windows need to line up, yeah. you know, big foyer, back stairwell, <laughs> whatever, many bedrooms, but like, yeah. no real swag inside yeah. the house. And that was sort of on, yeah. Partition. That's it. <laughs> Pick up all the food. <laughs> and that was our niche. That was our niche in a nutshell. So people came from as far as, like, we used to work heavy in New Jersey, Colts Neck, Homedale, uh, Marlboro, like, you know, crazy stuff. And and then as well as in the boroughs, we used to go into Manhattan a little bit. But that was what we were known for. So when I when I sort of transitioned into my own thing, I knew that 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 was a tangible thing because he never exploited that. We used to give it away for free. What do you mean? What do you what? We used to do all that creative for free as long as they purchased like goods from us. So like they would come to us and let's just say like you know. Somebody comes to us with a, you know, whatever, 300 Park Avenue penthouse. Right. They just bought two of them and they're combining them together. We would re redesign the whole thing. Literally, get the architectural print that they just paid a huge amount of money for. And then we would redesign the thing for free. And then we would basically do all the bathrooms, maybe a library, a kitchen, and different things. But my boss would not charge for that value. of, And then, like, these people— Even if he didn't get the job. He was just doing these, hoping he got. Well, he would get it, the jobs because after these, he got it. No, well, well, it was in combination. We would do it, and that would sort of solidify the job. Okay, because we were. He was known, like we were known for, like go see these guys. So they, they were get, like, let pay me your see architect what you for your got, print, basically. Pay your architect yeah. for your print, and then go see these guys to make it right. I got you. 
So we would get, you know, rolls all day long. And we used to knock them out like crazy. So like from the creative standpoint, it was like a high pressure environment in the sense like, you know, you would, you would turn in things and you had to know a lot. Like, you know what I mean? You didn't, you couldn't just get by. So it was like a sink or swim kind of environment. Well, it pushed you. That's for oh, sure. Oh, pushed. It was like sink or swim. Like literally we had people come that worked with us cry, like crying. I can't, <laughs> it's too much pressure. I can't handle it. Like, you know, because it wasn't like he was like an evil guy, but he would just be like, okay, here's that $300,000 kitchen. You can't mess up a dime. All right, I'm moving on. And you're like, you're like, what? Like, what? And then you start looking at cabinet lists and, you know, we were doing like high-end products. So you look at that list and you're like, this cabinet's 4,900. Like, and it's, it's 15 inches wide. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like craziness. Like, you know what I mean? And you're like, okay, if I mess this cabinet, I ain't going to get paid for like a while. Yeah, I can get paid for a while. <laughs> and then, you know, so that was, it was the cool thing about it. So this gave me the ability to handle like pressure, you know, because like only three people survived in his company. It was one girl. So does he still, is he he's still, still in operations? Yeah. yeah, he's still around. Absolutely. Yeah. You still busted up with him or no? I haven't spoken to him in a while, but we, you know, I look at him like almost like a father figure. And in terms of like a mentor, like I got that. He was a, you know, like anything else, every business person, people have personalities. Like we used to bang heads like father and son. But like I respected him for one, like giving me the shot. Like he saw something in me that I didn't necessarily see. Like he saw like, wow, this kid, he, he could do this. And then he just like what good parents should do. Feed, 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 feed. Right. He never took that. Position like, well, if I give him too much, I'm afraid he's going to leave. Yeah. Like, I'm afraid he's going to leave or he's going to take from my car. Because he was that confident in what he was able to provide that he's like, oh, well, if he did, he, you know, he ain't going to really put a dent in, in what I'm doing. Like, you know what I mean? So it was like, like, how could I not pay respect to that? Like, you know what I mean? So for me, moving to Jersey, that was a, that was part of the deal. Like when we couldn't do what we needed to do together. I made the decision as, as like, listen, I, I can't do this to you. I could have opened up right next to him because at that point I was running. I was running all the jobs. Everybody see, knew see you. Joe. <clears throat> but yeah, you, got, you, have, you have some values, obviously. Oh, yeah, that's my personal. Say, that yeah, does not, not happen. That doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah, no, that no, shouldn't no, no. happen ever. Like the previous person, that's there was a girl stuff. named Michelle that worked with, when I came on. She was there and she was sort of the head, like right underneath him, and she was just peeling out. She literally. Four blocks down, open up. Four blocks now. How'd that work out? Well, she did business because it was the same situation. Like she was that, she was the point. So like everybody knew her. She was working on all the jobs and they knew she was capable. And that's the whole thing. Like the, once again, this is an industry you can't learn. Like you can't, there's no Harvard or Yale of like doing this. You know, you know what I mean? The only way you're going to get it is the time you put in. So you, you learned the skill, the practitionership of doing it. Now you, you leave and you're like, okay, they don't, also don't teach how to run a business either. Right. So that was the transition. So I knew everything what not to do from watching his business. But then I also knew, okay, here's what he did very well. It helped, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So from a structural standpoint of like how to make money, easy. 
that was that was a no brainer because that's all I did. I, I knew how to play with play with that end of it. So that wasn't the transition. The the transition for me once I left him was okay. Well, how do I get my start in this foreign territory? Very very very. Like because you know you know I've been in it now. I was with him for seven years. His reputation, my name rang bells. Like so, people knew me. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Now I'm going somewhere, nobody knows me. <laughs> Starting at nothing. So I'm like, all right, how do I do this? I lived in New York still, and I started the, you know, the business in New Jersey. I'm like, well, how do I do this? So I said, okay, well, you know what I could do? I could sell my services to builders. Like, in terms of like, listen, you're doing these houses. Now, this is fast forward. This is 2000. Right, right, right. 2000s. Right. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, you guys are doing these houses, and you don't really know how to do these houses. Like, meaning, like, you, you're you doing these, because at that point, now we're full-fledged into McMansionville. Oh, yeah. Like, they're writing mortgages for Mc, Mc, The people yeah. we were working for were writing checks for their mansions. Mm-hmm. These people now could get mortgages for them. So now the McMansion boom was, like, mm-hmm. was nuts. So I'm like, okay, well, these guys aren't really setting up these houses the way they need to be set up. So, like, I figured out, okay, well, I could position myself between the builder and their potential client with the vehicle of being able to supply the builder with what goods he needs, but I'll do all the client interaction. Because they, they were selling a lot of these things on spec, and they would get snatched up before it's finished. So he's like, I don't have to waste my time? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna do everything? And you're going to stay within the budget we got? With every deal you sell, I'll keep <laughs> handing you houses. And literally, that's what happened. I, I connect one, two, they pass off and everybody, you know, referral type network. And then that morphed into repeat customers from the, the builders I working on because they were like, see my sister, see my, you know. So were you doing the whole build or were you coming in doing no, the kitchen? I was doing and, and the appliances. A, a, all the supplying of goods, all the design work. And I was just doing the installations exactly like the model I came from. Just the finished installation. So the kitchen? Well, well there'll be kitchen, the bathroom, vanities, okay, okay, libraries, okay. whatever it is. If I supplied the millwork, we did the installation of it. But okay. I didn't do any construction. Okay. Zero. So they built the frame. You like, came yeah, in. they did all the construction. Okay. But with that, I was able to gain all the subs. Yeah, you're I'm working with all the builders. I'm telling their... Then some of them started to pay me on the side to help rearrange yeah. the houses. So I'm telling their guys what to do on their projects. Like, no, that needs to be like this. This needs to be like that. Talking to the electricians and And then, then once I got into a good client base flow, then those clients were like, well, listen, why don't you just do this? And it was like that for a while. And I just kind of ignored them. Like, no, I got my lane. I'll stay in my lane. This is my lane. This is what I know. Like, you know what I mean? And can I do the construction? Yeah, of course I can. But like, you know, that's not what I do. And I don't want to step on the toes of, you know, all these other guys. So then the industry started to, in this area, started to get away from the spec. And it was pretty much remodel. There wasn't much land. And the spec builders were then saying like, well, you know what? We're not, we're not putting in $200,000 kitchens, $150,000 kitchens. You know what I mean? Into these houses because then that's coming right out of my pocket. So now we're doing like wire rack shelves in in all this and like you know million two million dollar houses like you know because we're supply and demand type deal. So I said, okay, well I got to switch up. It's like I can't do that. So then I ended up 
uh, getting with a, a cabinet guy that had a cabinet shop that produced. So he would produce certain things for me, and he had space. So I said, oh, you know what? Let me take, your, let me take space. We do shared space. I'll design, because he lives in a design. I was like, I'll design, and then, you know, then I can learn the factory side of it. So then I did that for a few years, and I got all my chops. Basically, it was his shop, but I was able to use everything. So I knew the shop world. I knew what you could produce in a shop, like how valuable the shop was, because the shop thinks different than the field. Like, you know what I mean? In terms, of, in terms of execution and finishes and things of that nature. And then I said, okay. And we were in a bad neighborhood. I was in Patterson, like in bad, bad section of Patterson. But hey. Cheap, cheap. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, it was his building. It was like, listen, I can't complain. And then I moved to uh, a place called Little Falls. And then I basically was out of Little Falls before I came here. Uh, okay. I was in Little Falls for, it was like four or five years. And that was like an industrial park, but it's a, it, it's a nice town. But it was an industrial park where I chose because once again, I didn't need retail. I didn't need storefront. My whole model was you come to me. You sit down. Right. Nobody, I was a ghost. Nobody knew who I was unless you got referred, mm-hmm. which was an excellent. Intent. It was an excellent model because right. at the by the time I had it rolling, you know, my phone would ring. It was business. You know, it wasn't like I had just random people walking in wanting to pick my brain, right, right, waste right, my time, no, yeah, blah, no. blah blah blah. You know, right. these people were coming already qualified because I could tell who they came from. Oh, so and so recommended. Da, 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 da. Oh, really? Okay. Huh. All right. We wanted like sort of what they had, what you did at the house. We love it. Da, 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 da. You know, so it was a, like a, a very easy transition. And then you fast forward to when I came here, and this is sort of retail, but I ran it in the beginning without retail. And then I decided to go scale and I went retail, like full blown retail, taking random people, doing more marketing to regular people you know, scaled outside as well as inside. And then I'm doing full construction when I'm here. And mystic. Because I went from being where it took me all that time to build that nucleus of clientele that were very attached to each other to savage-like. Like, you know, because when you go retail, now you got, you got random people out the blue. So did you that, know. was that because of the market, like 07, 09? Like well, no, this was actually, this was before the crash. This was before the crash when I decided to do it. And this is because it was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm at that point, I'm getting to have a family. My daughter is about to be born. I'm like, I'm sort of, I'm sort of, I would say, I, would, I can honestly say I was growing up at that point. Because at that point, I, I didn't really care necessarily about money. I was more passionate about like creating and seeing the things that I can bring to fruition. And then all of that kind of merged at the same time. You know, you go retail. Now you're dealing with clients that really don't understand you, that don't have no connection to you. And then at that time, I'm, I'm not a kid, but I wasn't business minded. And what I mean by that, I wasn't like clean, cut and dry and a savage to the client. Like, where it's like, I'm not your friend. Like, you know what I mean? I was just like, oh, like, they would, like, these are adults that I'm working for. Because my average client at that time, you know, and sort of still now was in, in the, 
if they were in their 40s, they already made it in their career. But most of them were 50s to early mm-hmm. 60s. That's kids already in college. They make boatloads of money and they can afford to spend it with me. You know what I mean? That, that was mm-hmm. my client. So like they were smart enough to see sort of the naivety in, in me as a passionate, hungry, mm-hmm. and, and a, a, quite a few of them used that against me where, you know, they got me entangled in situations where I shouldn't have been in from a business perspective because I wasn't paying attention to the to that. I was paying attention to like, wow, this is going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. I was putting everything into it, but forgetting about what it was all about. You know what I mean? So like that that period of time in business was like a wide open, like, wow, because I got punched in the mouth a bunch of times where then you start to get jaded to people and you start to generalize like all people are like this like you know all, all you know everybody's like this because you're like three four people are, have done you the wrong the same way and or manipulated or used you like willingly did it like they knew what they were doing and then they just kind of like threw you to the side and you're like wow savage okay i didn't know that i didn't know that you know what i'm saying like because i didn't i didn't know that existed from that point when that started to happen I was already in the industry for 10 years plus, and all I dealt with was people that appreciated me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, people that, that knew they were spending good money and they wanted to spend good money in a good place and get great value for that dollar. And then mm-hmm. now I'm in the pond where, like, it wasn't about that. It was about, like, what can I get? You know? So I'm like, f- that was foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, then you make your mistakes. And those mistakes cost you tons of money and tons of time and everything else. So you had your first kid, and then um, you've got this economy about to blow up. Oh, my God. That was, was something like I'd never seen in my life, man. I, like, and that was directly hitting the housing market. Oh, man. During that time, I was working on three jobs. i never forget it. You know, big jobs. And one customer doing a house out of the ground for several million dollars and had an $800,000 credit limit. Gone. Because they were pulling all the... If you had a line of credit, you didn't touch it, bank just yanked it. So now, at the same time, New Jersey changes the law that you can no longer get a temporary CO and close your mortgage. Like, get a mortgage with a temporary CO. You needed a full CO. So now you got a customer, like by the way, a wealthy customer, telling you, can you finish the job <laughs> without money so that they could get a CO and then pay you back? So just imagine that. The, the economy, the world's falling apart. The market's dropping. You don't know, you don't know what's happening. And the last thing you want to think about is investing in, in some I'm going to say it, wealthy person's house who may never, ever pay you. Yeah. And even if you lean the house, who cares? Like they don't, they don't need to refinance it or sell the house. Your money's tied up. So it was like three different projects that was going on with that same situation. Thankfully, it worked out. And thankfully, because we work for high-end clients, when that market was what it was, we didn't really feel it as much. Like once 
everybody adjusted to like their portfolios getting smashed and and everything happening. They kind of regrouped and they said, okay, well now we got plenty of disposable money to buy and to to do things and be aggressive about doing things. So that kept us going during that whole time. So like we felt it for that moment, but then the years after that, we never really had to like what guys started to, you know, first, a lot of guys went out of business. They were just poof, gone. I don't care if you got it from your daddy, your grandfather, or where it was, you know, you were just gone. So we were fortunate in that regard. And uh, what's crazy is that we've had this increase, this great economy. Anybody can do business right now, as far as I'm concerned, right? We're I'm in wait, that I'm point. waiting for the reset. When it resets, oh, you'll man. see it again. And you saw it in 07, 08, 09, like even in 2010 and 11, like these companies that weren't so strong, gone. Yeah. Right. And then you're picking them up as employees. Oh, yeah. Buying right? their equipment. Like, you know, and a lot of those employees in the 08, they went into other industries. They just left mm-hmm. the industry. I totally completely, left it. Completely. Completely left. So what I see right now, fast forward into the economy we're in now, I see the same exact thing. I see it. And it's so evident that it's, it's, it's almost like watching 08. But the only difference is, is in 08, I knew it was happening because I'll be doing a walkthrough with somebody, a client on a project, and she just picks her cell phone up or he picks her cell phone up and they call their banker and he already increased their line of credit by 75 grand and they want to push the house back another 25 feet. Like that was the craziness going on. Like the lady next door is buying the lady's house next door and, you know, they're two doctor or lawyer couple and now they're doing home remodeling to flip a house. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they pay top dollar for the house. They didn't even get it as a fire sale or anything like that. But they know? sold it for seven minutes. Right. Because everybody was doing it. You know, every, everybody was making a killing from it, you know? So I sort of see that now where you see a lot of, you know, the industry is, it's robust. No it, matter it where, where you're getting in, there's so much going on. It is, there's a lot of money out there. Tons of money. And you can, you can look really good as a business, but, so, like, my concern is that we get into that and people that don't have a structured business, that don't know how to do a marketing campaign, that don't know how to look at their numbers and their budget, like, they're in big trouble Huge. when all this hits. Huge, because it's like, you know, it's a three-pronged approach. Like, you can run your business by being the business. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you get you in the, the truck, that does it. you grab the tools, the tools leave the truck, the, every hour you put in is what you get out of it, Right. That's fine. There's a lot of guys that do that and yeah. make a ton of money. And you and can, they love it. You can make right. a great living. However, if you're running a business and you got employees and you're running multiple jobs and you got that, now, now your expenses are at a whole different level. And with that, if you don't have a business structure, you're done. Yeah. You're dead meat because that mountain piles up so fast. So you go like, let's just say if you got all your eggs in one basket. You know, like, well, you have one source giving you all your work. Now that source don't have work no up. more. Dries up. So, like, my philosophy in the whole business aspect is a 70-30 rule. I live by that. 70-30. 70% of the business needs to be created and generated by me. 30% of the business is any opportunity that comes my way outside of me being the vehicle. And I'm always in business. Always. Because if my 70% becomes 50 and the 30 becomes 5%, I'm still in business. 
when seven, when it's all the way around, and that's 70 go, you're out of business. Unsustainable. Because you scaled for somebody else. You know what I mean? Like you built your entity to support someone else's vehicle. And when it's gone, now, if you know that's the case, it's okay. Because you know, like, okay, if, you know, my relationship with so-and-so architect is the vehicle, I get all, I get 90% of my jobs from that architect. He drops dead. The day he dies, your, your chapter in the whole business. Yeah. Because you know, oh, now I'm going to open a laundromat <laughs> or restaurant or whatever it may be. Well, you know, yeah, I do. maybe I'm going to go be a PM for somebody. Maybe. You, you know what I mean? Because it, it's, if you're not producing the relationships, meaning that you, you're doing the client acquisition, like Ryan said, you're doing the marketing, you're getting your, your company positioned where you need to get it positioned to be successful. And you're also managing the company so that you're, you're in a position to pivot because half of what we all do is, is adjusting. You have to adjust. Oh, yeah. Always. In, like, I mean, in good times, like now, the business will come to you a lot easier. But when you start to get to a point where money dries up, now, how do you find those opportunities? They're not there. They're not knocking on your door saying, hey, Joe, I'm, I'm going to spend you know, X amount of money with you. And you got 10 people doing that. Now they all go away. <laughs> and right. now you got to go find, you know, you have to do the pivot and yeah. move the other direction. But if you don't have a business structure in place to find that opportunity, you're going to go out of business. Yeah, you're out and, of business. I mean, that could be maybe 10 years from now. That could be five years from now. But I think as part of what we're doing here is to kind of make it an open forum to everybody so that they can look at this and be like, I, if I don't have my stuff together as a business, um, that maybe I should start looking at that because I think this is at some point it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. 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 And I, I think, honestly, for me, I'm more afraid when it's in a robust economy because it's very easy as a business owner to get sidetracked. Like, you know what? We all got our wheelhouse. Like, you got your wheelhouse. When the economy's robust, you get things thrown at you, and it sounds fantastic, and then you step out your wheelhouse and you murder what you established. Yeah, you're not in your lane. So, yeah, you, you get out of your lane completely to get in a lane that you think is going to deliver, like, an amazing result, and you are literally savaging yourself on the other side. Because when that lane disappears, just the way it came, it came fast with the whole wave, because the wave's coming through, now you want to double back to your lane, and the position is taken from someone else. You gave that up. Or you gave up, you know, great opportunities because you, you got short-sighted, and you were thinking, like, oh, you know. Like, let's be honest. If you're in this industry, you go to work every day. Go to work every day. Now, there's some people that go to work every day that could get their company to a scale where they have many employees, you know, private planes, and they can live next to the customers that they serve. But remember where that guy started. Or girl. Or gal. Yeah, or yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, let's yeah, be politically yeah, I mean, correct. Yeah, you know? Seriously, but go on. Let's be honest. Come on, Joey. Like, 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 like when, you, when you get to that position, you had to start. At the bottom. Especially in this industry. Yes. Yeah. Because you can, I mean, how many companies have we seen, we've all been in this industry for quite some time, where you see ginormous companies go from huge, regular, small, average. And you go like, well, what happened? Oh, we lost that one highway deal. 
you, you need that deal. Like, you got this machine. You need that. There's only three of those deals for the next 10 years. And if you don't get one of them, you're beat. You're done. So, like, there's so many levels to this. And I always say, like, half the conversations, like, on IG and Instagram is when guys will be like, oh, you're lucky. You know, you get those conversations. Oh, you're so lucky. You're like, bro, there's nothing lucky about this. Like, no. I'm like, just pay attention. Like, like you say, okay, you've been in this for five years. I've been in this for 20 years. You don't ever see me at home at 4.30 in the afternoon, four or five days a week telling you, oh, I don't see customers at night or I don't work weekends. Like, 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 really? Like, like, come on, man. So, so talking about that, work life. I don't work ever well, on the weekend. <laughs> ever. Work-life balance. So you got lots of kids. You got a big family. Um, and you got a business to run. And how do you do it all? Is there some expectations you make with your family, with your wife? How, how does Oh, yeah. We out? definitely have, like, communication about it. You know what I mean? And we both sort of have an understanding because it, it was the choice that we made, you know, as a couple to a, have this many children and also to venture off into, you know, the area of being self-employed. So, like, you got to balance. Like, they go hand in hand. Like, you know what I mean? Like, my family is first just as well as, as, well as my business. And people say, well, how, how could they be first? And I'm like, because when... The business and the family collide. You got to choose one. So let's say, for example, so if, if, if my client A wants to meet me at 7 o'clock and that's the basketball time with my kid, I say, okay, the sacrifices, client, I can't meet you at 7. However, Anytime after 8.15, I'm there. Anytime before 7, I'm there. And I'll make an exception. If you want to see me on Sunday, I'm there. If that doesn't work for that client, you're not my client. Like, if you demand that that 7 o'clock, I gave you... All this range of flexibility. Right, yeah, it wasn't like you said, no, I can't do it until three weeks from so, now. <laughs> so I learned very, very early on, like with a family, like it's choices. So guys, oh, you know, I can't because, you know, work pulls me away. Da, 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 da. Like, you, listen, you chose to be self-employed. You also make the rules. Yeah. You don't have to say yes. What's important? You can't say like, oh, my kids are important, but I never have no time for them. How does that happen? You know what I mean? Like, guys are like, oh, you work too much. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? I just had dinner with my kids at 6. I picked them up at 4. I saw three clients. I had two conference calls. I, I sent out two bids. Like, this is why I do this. Like, I don't do this, you know what I mean? Because somebody's telling me I have to sit at a desk and you got to be here or you're not going to make money. Like, no, I get to choose what I want to do. So if I'm out at 11 o'clock and then I'm up at 5.30 in the morning, that's the choice. You know what I mean? You, you trade time. Yeah, in different places. That's the time is the valuable asset yeah. of it. Like you know what the you know people don't know you're up to two in the morning, getting something done because you know what 
it's your kid's birthday and you went out as a family and you did that. And you know what? You got to spend time with your wife. So I hung out with my wife to when she was ready to go to bed. And I'm like, all right, honey, you go to bed. I go to work. I'm going to work. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like my nightlight is not on in my bedroom. I'm in the office getting it done. And then I'm going to get up in the morning. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? No way. Not because somebody's nah. telling me, hey, you have to get up or you're not going to have a job no more. I'm getting up because I won't be able to have all of this if, if I, I don't. don't give up. But I also know there's just times where you can say, okay, you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to sleep in. But the sleep in is until three o'clock in the afternoon. The sleep is like, okay, I won't get up as if you get up at 536 or seven, whatever it is, I'm going to get up an hour later. Because that's all you need is that I need that hour. And then you get the one month, I get the one day a month I crash. Where well, like, that just happens. Where my so, body just really turns off. Yeah, yeah. Later. I'm done. I'm done. Like, so when that done. happens, you ain't answering the phone? No, no, no. No, no, no you don't even no, hear the no phone, Instagram, dog. No, the nothing. Phone no, no nothing. No, no. nothing. And, and it's one of those situations the wife's not going to ask me, wake no. me up, you want nah. dinner? Nah. You want everything? Like, Shut no. Down. She knows, like, all right, he put in a lot of work. You know what I mean? Done. Flatline. <laughs> all right, so. All right, so. You said all that. Now, if there's somebody that's starting out, right, what would be your number one suggestion to them? Like, knowing what you know now, you know, if you started over, what would be the one thing you did first? Like, there'd be the most main concern in your business. The most main concern, I would say, is focus on the business. You can love the craft. There's no craft without no business. And that's a fact, 100%. So you can say, okay, I love my tools. I love doing things with my tools. I love that. Okay, bye, 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 bye. That's fine. You need to know the business. You need to know your numbers. You need to know what things cost. You need to know why they cost that. You need to understand, okay, so if I make X, why is that my price? And is that the price of the market or am I just making this number up because I go, oh, I want to make $300 a day. I'm doing great. Because you're stealing from yourself, your family, your wife, your kids. If you don't take the time to say, okay, well, yeah, maybe my skill set allows me to make this for 300 bucks, but it's worth 1800. And then you go like, well, why don't I have any money? Like, why? Because let's be honest, you can only do but so much work. Like, you know, that's the way it is. Like, you, you want to make more money in this industry? What do you got to do? Take on more risk. Not adjust. a little risk. Adjust. A lot. So you go like, okay, well, if I'm going to be by myself, I'm only going to make what I could do. Now, if I want to go on vacation and still make money, what do I need? I need employees. So I, don't, I can't have one employee because then he's left by himself or she's left by himself. I'm going to need, you know, two or three. Okay, now you need to work to feed two or three. So that means you are no longer in the field. You need to be out getting the work. <laughs> and now you go, oh, well, now I want more things. Okay, you got to get more employees. So as a young guy, I would say, like, don't focus on, you know, scale. Focus on the business. Like, you good on the tools? Great. Learn the business. Learn numbers. Learn costs. Learn prices. Keep, keep all your vendors honest. Like some guys literally run their businesses based on one or two vendors. 
Oh, that, my local lumber lot, I buy everything. They're great guys. Well, they're great guys, but they're not giving you good pricing. So are they really great guys? You lost five jobs because their number was high. Who, are you in business for them or are you in business for you? So, I, you know, to me, that's how I function. I function holistically in the business world. And I'm honest with the individuals who I do business with. Like, if I got a supplier, I'm like, okay, you know I'm not going to buy everything from you. Well, why? Because this company, you can't beat their price. This company, you can't beat their price for that. This company. And, and I believe you you voiced that very well. Like, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone up understands. Front. Up yeah. front. And that, that's awesome. Like, that's straight up. So, know the numbers. I mean, as a business owner, you got to start from, you don't even have a contract. With, you know, like, you don't have anything, right? So yeah. if you're starting out, you've got no contracts, you've got no lawyer, hopefully, right. to look at that's those That's what I mean. That's like, the business. Yeah. Like, that's the business. Guys don't have lawyers. They don't have contracts. They might not even they, have a bank account. They, right. Or a company <laughs> bank account, exactly. let alone, like, insurance. Right. Like, the right amount of insurance. Like, you know, things of that nature. It's like, you're in business not because you just created an LLC or S-Corp, and you put your name on the side of the truck and you got a business card and a phone number and you happen to have tools in the truck, you're a business. No, the business aspect is protecting yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I, I thought the hardest part for me was when um, I went to look to see, you know, I needed an employee to help me out so I could work on a business. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get an employee for X amount per year. And then I didn't really realize that I'd have to produce so much more yeah. to even pay for right. the number that I thought yeah. the actual number was. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, and then that's the to tug of war because you go, for every dollar, as you know, like you hire an employee, the one dollar that they actually take home, you're going to probably produce three and a half dollars to four dollars depending on the market. Yeah, whatever in. your margin is. Right, yeah, yeah, depending on the margin for that one employee. And then as an individual, what is the first thing that happens? You say, that's coming out of my pocket. That, that's my money. Like, you know, your life changes. So most guys, even when they go to do employees, they don't prepare for it. They don't say like, okay, let's just say for arbitrary sake, I'm going to pay an employee 50000 a year, right? And you, you're saying it's fifty, But you're, his hourly wage doesn't add up to fifty. It's going to be everything on top. So you're going to pay, by the time you add it, maybe it makes 38000 and then all the ancillary stuff that you got to pay on top of that is the $50,000 nut. You should have that money or half of it already aside for that employee in this industry, I believe. Because then you now don't have to be fearful. So what you just did is you made it, you took your cash out of your pocket and you made an investment in your ability now to go sell more work for the two of Well, you have to. Yeah, you have to. But it buys you that cushion. You know what I mean? So, like, the moment you do that, you hit the road running. His paycheck's already in the bank. It's there. His paycheck's there, so there's so, no stress coming so, to you. Yeah. But then by the time he gets even halfway through half that money, you've already started earning money, and you're feeling it. And then you're like, yo, we need another guy. You know what I mean? But most guys just say, oh, I just need a guy just because I don't want to take the tools out of the van. Like, yeah. Like, dude, are you crazy? <laughs> you do like, that. Then you, if you do that, that's fine. But you got to figure out how much you have to produce, which means you have to sell that much more. Right. Which means you, then you have to produce that much more just to have that extra guy there. 100%. So is it worth it? Where's the break even to that? Does it make sense? Can you do it? Is it even possible to right. do that? Like, are you capable of selling that much more? And I think you need to have a little vision, too. Like, if you're going to start bringing on employees and things of that nature or, or when people just want to scale, like, why are you scaling? 
Yeah, no. Like most people don't even ask that question. They just want to scale because, oh, I'm successful. I got a big company. What does that mean? Like, because you can see huge companies and then you can see small companies doing huge things. Oh, yeah. That, you know? that doesn't matter the size. Definitely not. But, like, you know, if you get caught up in the, oh, well, if I got 20 employees, like, well, if you got 20 employees, that means you guys are producing the work of maybe like 40 employees. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you got that much going on that, like, you, you, you should be stressed, not like, well, we got more guys than we need. No, no, yeah, never. You, like, you, you got to play the border, I'm guessing. That doesn't make sense, you know? So would you say sales comes first? Oh, yeah. Before you hire? Oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, and also, like, if you're not a good salesman, invest in that before you hire employees. Invest in teaching yourself. Maybe get some seminars. Like, I know everybody listens to the podcasts that are motivational and things of that nature. But I'm like, sales. You name me any industry in this globe that isn't dominated by sales. It starts there. Industry doesn't exist without sales, by the way. Production makes the money, but sales puts production to work. Right. You need both. You need but both. But it starts yeah. with the sales. It starts with sales. <laughs> you don't, if you, I, I'd rather have a, a, a problem with production and not sales. I can I can take the sales that I'm banking and say, okay, well, our lead time gets a little longer. Still money in the bank. You know, on, on the other side, the, the, you got more production capability and no sales? Yeah, it's no good. You got good. You've got nothing. Standing around. <laughs> what do you, you got? Need, you need both. No, you got bills. <laughs> yeah, you got well, yeah, bills. Of course. You know? <laughs> a bunch of guys standing around. Yeah. Guys standing around machining equipment that's not being used. Notes yeah, no. all over the place. No good. No. No, you guys, no. Do you guys manufacture your own cabinets here or no? No, we'll do, do like built-ins. We'll do built-ins, but we're okay. like dealers for several different uh, manufacturing lines. You know, U.S. domestic as well as some Canadian lines. Really? That's pretty cool. What about the floors? You guys supply that too? Yeah. So like all these items you see here are all removable, believe it or not. The brown is fixed. And the middles are installed on tar paper. So they're meant like to, to be removable. So we just hit one tile, the whole thing pops out. Yeah. So every single one you see comes out. <laughs> so when it's time to change them, like when I get the new displays. You'll set them on yeah, the we'll slides set, we'll and then drop it we'll in. We'll set the, the different patterns and styles that match that display. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. A little forward thinking. You no, know? that's a good idea, honestly. You got you to gotta, you gotta be economical, you know? Right. Make it easier. It was more work in the front end, but on the back end, it just it gives it much more flexibility. You know, make yeah, sense. Plus, then when you go, if you ever want to drop it back in there, what is it? Replace one tile rather than all? No, what I do is I pop that one tile and the whole, the whole pattern comes out, and then I put another piece of tar paper on, scratch, install, grout it, and now I got a new floor, a new look. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying, but you could save the piece you're popping. You're saying, right? Well, yeah, because it's installed it on, on a board. Yeah, right? I put no. It's not on a board. It's on just tar paper, and then you install it like if it was regular floor, but just installed on top or tar paper. Oh. So it's on like a, a forty pound or fifteen pound felt. Okay, but with the with the thin set and everything gets hard, and then you grout it. It's fixed until you bang it, and it releases. 
I got so, so do you have, is this appointment only? Is it walk-in business? What do you do with for the whole this? time we've been here? We were always appointment only, and, and except for the time when we when I told you I scared the retail, and then now we're resetting it, and we're going to be going sort of like a hybrid thing. It's going to be retail, but mostly appointment only, and we're going to definitely use take more advantage of our traffic because we do get a lot of traffic. And this is kind of the cut through to go to a bunch of upscale areas. Did you like random spot openings or something like that? Like no, what we're gonna do is I'm openings. doing the front of the building over. Okay. Like we're gonna. Well, I'm, yeah, you're we're under gonna, construction. We're gonna basically stage the whole place. Like we're gonna. It's already here. Once we get the the new displays in, we want to take it like super posh, where you know super people high want, end. Yeah. Like they have no questions walking it's in. My whole thing is like you gotta cater to people's personalities. Like it's hard to upsell when you could show what you could do. It's very easy to to reduce the cost for people, but most people can't get that person to that level. Like you know what I mean? Like, but when you can make people think twice when they walk in your place, where they go, "Wow, everything's expensive." Like that's a good thing because you're now you it's, it's our job to sell. Hey, how you doing? You know, no, don't don't be intimidated. This is just the point of view that we that we have, but any and everyone can afford something here. Like, you know what I mean? It's that kind of deal. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get some of my bid in. So first off, you look like the head coach of the New York Giants right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this, go on. But dude, you got me amped, man. I could run through this uh, wall of awesome molding. Like, Don't do that, bro. <laughs> no, it looks too nice. It looks way nice. Um, but um, I was going to ask. So, like, you talk about passion. You talk about your drive. And, you know, what, what's a good advice? Like, just one, two sentence for anyone in any industry, you know, out, even outside or someone connected in the construction industry. Give me like two sentences that, you know, like, hey, how, how do you find your passion? You know, like, uh, how do you get to where you are? I would just say, find, it's not even a where I am. I would say just find your purpose. Find your purpose. And that could, that's going to change, obviously, as things change in life. But you need to find your purpose and think small. Like most people think, at least in my opinion, think you need to think big. And I go, you need to think small because you need to get things done. And if you're doing things, then you can, those small things become big things because the small things are simple. Most people want to think big, i.e. I want this end result that's going to be so magnificent, but it's so far from them that they forget all the little things you got to do to get to that point. Because you never may get to that big thing. But if you think small, you're going to accomplish a lot of small things. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's going to benefit you in sure. ultimately in the long run. That's awesome. Uh, and then obviously, you know, we're looking around here. You got stuff going on all over the place. You're operating a bunch of cool things happening here. What's, uh, what's the plan for Joe five, ten years from now? Where, where, where's Elite Concepts headed? What's Joe going to be doing? Um, Oh man, that's like confidential information. <laughs> no, no, not hey, at turn all. Turn it off right now. No, no, I don't see that. I don't see that as confidential. I'm joking with you, bro. I'm yeah, I don't see that as confidential because I feel as though, like you know what, in this industry, 
you know, we're not in competition. There's no such thing as competition. Like this, no such thing as competition. Like I can have, you can be in my neck of woods doing exactly the same thing, and you, and you, we can bid the same job all the time. Sometimes you win, sometimes yeah. I win. But here's the one reality: we can never do every job that's available. No. So the moment you get in yourself mentally in a position where you're competing. Competing in something that is just, you cannot do every job. I know I can't, Mm-mm. nor do I want to, by the way. No. So it's like, once you, once you wrap your arms around that, then you can say, okay, here's what my schedule allows. I just need to fill my slots. That's it. So like my goals in terms of where I see the company from here, I see us being sort of still the same, a boutique, type design build firm, but more on a coast-to-coast basis. You know, just catering to the clientele that we know well in, you know, every corner of the United States of America at a very high level. That's, that's, that's my ultimate goal, you know? I dig it. That's my ultimate goal. And, I I, and it. it's very tangible, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not like something I see as far-fetched. Because I'm all about the low-hanging fruit, you know? Everybody wants, I don't know, Gary Vee wants to buy the Jets. But that's his motivation. You know what I mean? But he understands that I got to do a lot of things, a lot of other things very well before I even get in a position to buy the Jets. But if you look at how he moves strategically, well, what's the best way to get at a table that they would never really let you at the table? You, You come with the talent. Got me. Oh, bro. I, I you sit at the table with the God. talent. Come on, guys. Now, the table that they didn't want you to sit at is asking for you. They have to have conversation with you. So now you're learning because they just want something from you. Brilliant play. Like, you know, when I look at how he does things, it's the long play. It's, it's everything that they don't teach us anymore about, you know, economics and business survival. Like we went to a, we went from a model of like blue chip stocks and invest and pensions and stay from somewhere for 20 years to, you know what? You're, you're a brilliant engineer and you're going to go create the most amazing rocket ship to go to Mars. No, no, no. Go to wall street, make $2 million a year and ruined everybody. And, but you're, you are successful. Like, you know what I mean? It ruined everybody. But, you know, I'm serious. You, like, but that's, yeah. that's the model. Like, you know what I mean? The model is like, take what you can now, mm-hmm. short term, long term doesn't matter. Long as you got a lot of money. Long as yeah. you got a lot of money, long term, you know, like the lottery. you'll be, you'll be fine. Face. You'll be fine. Get out of there. Whereas if you look at individuals like him, Warren Buffett, you know, it's the long, long, long game. And that long games gives you a position that can never get chiseled. You can't, you can't chip away. Like, yeah, you can put a dent in it. It's a huge freight train, man. That thing is it's gonna take some time to slow down, you know. Oh man. Well. Anything else? Anything else? Are we wrapping this up, Joe? No, oh, I appreciate it, man. This Yo. is pretty fun, man. I like this. Yo, what is I like going this? On, nice podcast man. right here. Appreciate it, guys. Yo, you, you starting one soon? Um, 
I don't know. You don't know yet. You, you I don't know, but I don't. You might. You may see something happening. Stay yeah, tuned. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, right, we gonna let it, right. we gonna let everybody know right here. All know? right, I can dig it. I can dig it. <laughs>